0: good morning uh good morning this, this is just another shit intro to the tracks the podcast because well me and alfie don't have a good intro or the enthusiasm for an intro hi alfie
1: how you doing i don't, I don't even have i don't yeah, even not bad. i don't even have enthusiasm to even intro myself and just how you doing let me have a bit but as more soon of my as coffee. we get
0: into the actual topic yeah exactly as soon as we get into the actual topic and start slurping on this coffee then then things are going to be all right. Uh, and speaking of things being all right or slightly better than they previously were, England uh, slash the UK, obviously Wales and Scotland, Northern Ireland do have their own little uh, sort of little differences in laws, etc. Um, is looking like we're going to be coming completely out of the, uh, the lockdown. We've just been in uh, as of December 2nd. I know you don't come here for politics, but it means that sport is back Sport resumes. Um, one of the guidelines is that in the lowest tier of um, sort of COVID cases, we can have uh, two thousand people indoor for sport and four thousand for outdoor sport. Which is interesting because obviously indoor sport that means indoor track, which we really didn't think we were going to see. Uh, despite British Athletics saying you know that we're going to have a British champ, so that's exciting. Four thousand people outdoors. Um, Screams cross-country to me. Uh, don't know about you, Alfie. Um, so, so, yeah.
1: I have a few worries about this, um, generally. One is the fact that how are we coming out of this lockdown where our cases have been the highest they've ever been and we're going to go straight into having spectators and stuff when previously we weren't allowed when we'd been out of the bad lockdown for more than a month? And the cases were really low, and no changes were made. Why are they now just going have all this? It's it's almost as if like they're saying, enjoy yourself over Christmas, because in a few more weeks we're going to go back. We're going to go be we're going to be uh, going back into it again.
0: Uh, Which you know they have said, given that the furlough scheme is going to be going on until March, so they did say that uh, in the tier systems after things will be shut down if they needed to be, like hotels, etc., entertainment. But but fingers crossed. That means sport, more specifically, athletics is back a bit more than it was before this lockdown. So, fingers we hope, crossed.
1: We hope. We, uh,
0: we hope. We yeah. pray. Uh,
1: that was looking like, it was looking like November originally it was going to be a great month of racing until all this, uh, all until all this shambles went off. Obviously, we had the, the Presto Hold the Loughborough or whatever it's called, podium cross-country yeah. race. Um, and now, you know. Just taking it day by day and trying to somehow maintain fitness without peaking, which is fun when you don't have a clue what's going to happen.
0: Yeah. And speaking of races that are coming up, um, I'm going to keep this in the pod because we're on a no edit at the moment because we just moving out into the Middlesbrough 5k. Apparently you've not entered yet and Tony and John aren't very happy.
1: Thank you for outing me on the podcast. Um, yeah, I will. I will get that done very quickly. Um, because the entries
0: are low, and for anyone else who's wanting a quick five k, the entries are very low at the minute. There's not many left, so get your bloody entries in.
1: Uh, don't do what I did, yes. or I'm doing. What he's doing? Yeah. God, you caught me off guard there. I thought we were going to have a nice podcast about injury prevention, and then you just stuck that on me. God
0: we're we'll Going to, but sometimes for a good podcast, you need a roller coaster of emotions and tone, and that we have included so far. So, getting into the injury prevention slash coming back from an injury, uh, how, how do you want to start it off? Do you want to start with uh, some you know, anecdotes from when we've been injured, uh, how we got back, the processes of it, and then that sort of thing? What do you think?
1: Yeah, I, I say if we cover, yeah. Actual coming back from injuries first, and mm. I think we can only go off personal experience. So, yeah, if if you, I guess we can take it in turns, reeling off an injury and then reeling off, uh, sort of the comeback from that injury,
0: yeah. Um, and I guess starting off, sort of, I think everyone has like this, there's, there's a few injuries that everyone's had, right? Everyone's had Oscar Slatus, I'd never actually had it, but like it seems as though every single person had Oscar Slatus when they were like. 14 uh which is cool we're, we're going to be talking about like injuries that we've actually got from athletics like I could sort of you know rattle off the first uh my first ever injury was when I just started running uh but it was a football injury or soccer if you're from the other side of the pond um and that and that was sort of completely unrelated to athletics it was a football thing but it, it took me out for a while I was, like tore my groin but um but yeah talking about actually like Athletic specific injuries. I've only really had one in my what four years of doing it, um, which was a post tibial stress response slash periostitis in my TIB post, um which happened in lockdown.
1: You love to see it. Anything with a stress response straight away, it's a it's a big no from me, turn the other direction. Don't run for 10 months, so. Hopefully you can bring yeah. some light on that and sort of explain uh, what it is. Because I, I if you said that to me, I don't have a clue what it would be. Um, so, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, I think for so it never fully got diagnosed as a stress response. It did sort of like, because we were in the peak of lockdown, so I couldn't actually see a physio or get a scan or whatever. It was just sort of assumed that at first it was periostitis, which is the irritation of tissue uh, sort of in between your calf and shin, uh, and you know anything that's getting inflamed or swollen in between there is obviously either pushing against the calf or pushing against the shin. Uh, so that was periostitis, which is uh, usually a precursor to getting a tib post stress response or a post tibial stress response. Um, for me, I had to get it kind of diagnosed over the phone um, with a few different physios. We're trying to figure out what was going on. I was poking and prodding, and it's sort of that it's that lower part of the shin uh i want to say sort of like three quarters of the way down and then just in behind it sort of in that uh part where the calf tails off and the shin goes down sort of thing that little that little sort of gap um so yeah like i say a few of course the physios tried to explain it tried to sort of get a gauge of what was going on i, I wasn't doing any crazy training but what i was doing i was wearing carbon plate shoes too much um and and yeah so we kind of fr- from there we just thought it was that so I ended up having to take about nine weeks off, Uh, and because it wasn't, you know, we didn't one hundred percent know what it was. I would go out for a run one day a week to see, like, oh, was it gone yet? And then I'd sort of get ten minutes in, and I was limping, and it was, you know, it was a pain. And and as we know, if if you if you're limping when you're running, stop uh, because then something else is going to go. Even if one, like, even if you're rubbing off scar tissue and you're getting rid of one injury your groin is going to feel that compensation uh, and it's just it's just not worth it um so for me it was nine weeks off no cross training uh due to the fact that gyms were closed uh so I really just completely took it off and then I, I ended up buying a turbo in lockdown um and sort of bashing Zwift and becoming you know becoming a professional cyclist which uh in hindsight, probably, you know, it, it looks like quite a cool sport in comparison to running, but um, I guess that's another conversation. So, so, yeah, that's that's the first part of my tip post-injury. Um,
1: yeah. What what were you doing sort of strength-wise coming off of that and, like, prehab-wise to, like, sort of build the strength up of that leg and also just avoid it happening again?
0: Yeah, so I think... Um, to address like what I was doing, I guess I can sort of explain why it was and why physios gave me certain uh, certain activities. Um it was believed that I was having this issue, this irritation/slash stress response, because uh my my big toe basically it it wasn't sort of the flexion wasn't high enough um, and it wasn't moving enough in my running action, which sort of led to a you know a sort of chain reaction going through the foot up to the shin. Uh that that meant my you know that lower part of my leg just wasn't working efficiently enough so that basically led to sort of um a lot was I needed a lot more flexibility in my big toe so there was a lot of TheraBand work there was a lot of sort of like loosening that toe off uh strengthening it as well sort of calf raises more on the side of my big toe um and like enhancing a bit of movement when I was walking sometimes and, and a few drills where it was kind of like you uh so your feet are flat on the floor, and you drag yourself across the bedroom, just using your toes, or whatever room you're using, uh, to, to again strengthen, strengthen the calves, um, lower shin, uh, and and again get a bit more get a bit more into your toes. Um, now the reason why uh, more so than anything, this injury came about was because I was wearing carbon-plated shoes, and my toe wasn't given enough move. Uh, Given enough movement basically basically i was wearing carbon plated shoes too much uh on grass as well as road uh won't say exactly which shoe it was because i don't want to put blame on any shoe because it, it you know i think carbon plated shoes are carbon plated shoes really uh shouldn't training them or running them too much uh, but yeah my, my, and potentially the shoes i was using were maybe half a size too big uh, which meant that I wasn't actually getting the full force of the shoe. I wasn't getting the full use of the shoe that I was supposed to. Um, which obviously, you know, it's, it's not it's not great. Um, and because I was running them so much, it was sort of causing pretty bad like biomechanic issues. Um, yeah. So yeah, a lot a lot of a lot of strengthening of uh, of the calves uh, and a lot more sort of flexion in the in the toes. I think toe, yeah.
1: That's, it's funny you say that because I've actually just recently started buying shoes half a size down because I've realized that I'm wearing shoes way too big and it, mm. it, it, you, do, you don't you do really get the full benefit of the shoe. So hopefully that adds a few more seconds on here and there. Um, I, I guess sort of moving on to my injury, which I guess a lot of people can relate with is Achilles tendinitis. Um, and this one's going to be a bit of a controversial one, purely, I can't say that word, but we go on, um, purely based off the fact that people... Disagree with what I'm about to say Or quite a few anyway uh, And that's the fact that Pronation caused my Achilles tendinitis So I I guess it's a two part story Because it was stopping pronating And it's also helping that In other ways and also fixing the tendonitis. So I was pronating a lot Running in the Pegasus 34s I think it was or 33s at the time Pronating a lot uh, On the left side constantly had left achilles issues Uh, i used to be a steeplechaser had to stop that because my achilles got too bad from landing on as well Uh, but that really wasn't it because i didn't really train or anything steeplechase wise he was just racing um so constant pronation constant pronation caused calf stiffness caused achilles stiffness caused achilles pain say what you want about that if you disagree with me because some people say pronation is natural the only people i know who've ever pronated have always had Achilles injuries so um, One thing The first step is obviously strengthening your glutes And sort of your, the leg So it becomes more aligned um, So that was a lot of planks Side planks uh band crab walks um, And just really loosen it A bit more and stretching it um, I'm trying to think of Anything else I did really I did this hip Like rock thing where you move one leg What's at a 90 degree angle both of them are and you swap sides. It's like a you rock your legs left and right at 180 degrees. Um, yeah. I'll try and post a video on Trackster at some point of that. Um, Jake Robertson's done a, yeah. Jake. Jake Robertson has done a video before on it. Um, so that was part one of sort of fixing it, which was the fact of stopping pronation naturally by improving my strength and stability. Um, and then also it was the shoes. So obviously I was wearing. Yeah. I was wearing these shoes. What were not really stable. Pegasus aren't known for being terribly stable anyway. Um, so I just had to switch to Hoka. And I don't like saying that all the time because I feel like everyone thinks that I'm going to be speaking like it's an ad for Hoka. But I, slipped, I switched to the Clifton 4s. And I'm not even joking, almost instantly, as well as doing the strengthening and the stretching, um, I haven't had Achilles tendinitis since. And that's been three years. Wow. So three years of injury-free Achilles tendinitis from when I used to have it every month um, pretty much never went so that's probably the most typical runner's injury I've had and then I've also had another one which was a bit shorter so all I'm going to say is if you feel stiffness um, in any muscle and you gradually let it get worse and it gets stiffer and stiffer and stiffer to a point where it starts to hurt, don't do a 10k crash country race on it um, because I did that, wise words.
0: Rise and I'm pretty, words.
1: I'm pretty sure it was a stress fracture. Um, I think Jay Whiteman had the exact same problem. It's not a very bad stress fracture. But oh, is that the sacrum? Yeah, yeah. I couldn't walk for about two weeks, um, huh. but I finished the race within an hour of finishing the race. I couldn't walk. Uh, my girlfriend had to give me a piggyback down the hill, which was uh, quite degrading. Well, I was on the verge of tears in pain, but bear in mind, I literally managed to do a full race. So just be careful; injuries could come on like that very quickly uh, when you don't realise. Yeah. So yeah. I guess, and coming back from that, literally, like you did, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't bike. I couldn't. I couldn't even swim. Uh,
0: and now, gambling terms: snake eyes, rolling ones with a pair of dice. Double down, doubling the original bet for one more card. Bad beat. When your strong hand gets beat, illegal gambling can put you at risk. Protect our communities, play legit, and gamble only where it's legal. Learn more now at playlegitco.com. A message from the Colorado Division of Gaming. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER.
1: Yeah. So it was like eight weeks of doing nothing. Yeah. And then I started biking and pretty much trying to run straight away again because... It recovered by the time i could do anything so i thought i might as well you know try and run a bit and it took another four weeks before i could actually run um yeah consistently. really not easy
0: really not easy at all i think actually touching on uh because having a lot of time off running it, it can seriously affect your mental health so to sort of like address the sort of non-physical side of of injuries um you know being the impact on mental health we know that how many people rely on running as like a release in their day-to-day life It's not only like for us it's not only the sport that we you know try to be as professional as possible with it's also the sport that like after a day of uni after a day of work after a day of whatever that's our constant and that's what you know we get our release from like training at the night training morning training night and, and that's that's what sort of gets through the day so when, when you lose that for such a long amount of time it's really important to keep yourself busy
1: yeah um i agree that it is very important to keep yourself busy have you got any suggestions for that because i literally am useless at that i can't do anything ever i'm just i just sulk and watch old race videos and stuff and play xbox yeah so. And that's
0: and that's the problem. Like that's and that's what I had as well. Because like after that, I realised like I've actually dealt with this terribly. Like I, I was just moping every day. Like I drank copious amounts of coffee. Like that became what I was doing with my days. And then obviously we we uh, we got going with tractor stuff in lockdown. And to be honest, that that was like that was the absolute dream. There couldn't have been a more perfect thing to have come about in lockdown at that time.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, I think, I guess that sort of gave you something to do. Like, I haven't had an injury while I've been doing this, so I guess I haven't actually had the same opportunities you have, but I feel like definitely at that time as well when everything was sort of getting back, everything was happening, like track was opening up, everything, there's so much you can be doing. So I guess that actually probably was a blessing, um, mm. the fact that, yeah. You know, could actually do something with your time. So, I guess that goes out to everyone. If if you're ever injured out there, just start an Instagram, uh, an Inga Bits and fan page, and then go- yeah, just start an
0: Instagram. Uh, even just just like throw yourself into something. Like you know, but it, it sounds corny or like cheesy saying like learn a new skill, and, you know, stuff like that, or. I mean, even reading, like, it, it, it sounds like worse than being sat. Like, by all means, have a few days, have a week of sulking about running. You know, it, you're supposed to be upset that you're injured so that it doesn't happen again. And hopefully, you know, you're more careful next time or you avoid the, the red flags from the last time you got injured. But by the same token, you cannot be sulking for too long because it's just not healthy.
1: No. No, it, it can be actually quite... And
0: uh, you've got to be thinking every day about, you know, recovery and rehab.
1: Yeah, well, it, it can be quite um, counterproductive because apparently if, if you think, if you're sulking about your injury, apparently it actually makes it worse because your brain, like, controls, obviously, everything and it makes it actually more painful. Um, that's something I've yeah. heard. I'm not sure how true it is.
0: Um, no, but I, I, I think, like, it's definitely possible. I don't know about you, but have you ever, um, after an injury, like when you started sort of like jogging again, when you started running and doing sessions again, your head, your brain's almost looking for that pain that yeah. you had when you were injured.
1: I try limping. I always try to limp when I've when I'm and I'm like, wait, why am I trying to limp? Um, it is quite strange. And you're always waiting for that pain as well, aren't you? So it's like you're always yeah. so terrified. Like when we went to Nice after I'd just done my shin we did that session yeah. Um, and I was like, oh God, because we did quite an intense session in the end because it's quite quick. And I was like, I hope my shin doesn't go. And all the time I was just waiting for my shin to go. Obviously it didn't. Yeah. And th- there was no, obviously I didn't run thinking it would go because I'd been sensible, mm. but I was so scared of actually happening because it's just the thought of it. Um, I feel like everyone's always cautious when they come back from injury because it's like you, f- you forget how much you actually, revolve around running and you don't want to get injured ever again so it's always a scary yeah. thought when you've come back from like especially a bone injury and you're like we're just waiting basically to get an injury again on the same thing um luckily yeah. nothing happened and it still seems to be holding up fine still got a scar though which isn't full yeah
0: <laughs> i guess stupid trampoline injury, but yeah and talking about that like it it's about knowing knowing yourself well enough to know When you're sort of getting that scar tissue off, like when the injury's actually gone, but you're always going to have a little bit of a a little bit of sort of pain when you're coming back, or a little bit of a you sort of feel it, or or you're thinking about it too much. So coming back from injury, you have to know when the the pain is bad, or when the pain is like actually sort of it's just becoming back to normal. Like if you don't think you're fully recovered from your injury, stop. If you yeah. think it's just a pain that, you, that you've got to work through, it's gradually going to go and go and go, that's, that's fine. But uh, yeah, just being mindful, knowing that there's two different types of sort of feelings after an injury because you're either still in that injury or you're on your way out.
1: Yeah, and, and if you are unsure as well, always try and speak to a physio because there's been times in the past where I've had somewhat of an injury, not really, but it's like a pain. And the physio's like, yeah, just carry on running because it's they obviously can tell what, is gonna to lead to something worse and what might just be stiffness, what might just be, you know, something else. Um, and it's, it's hard to distinguish between an impact injury uh, or an overuse injury compared to say like, you know, uh, just like a pull or something where you can sometimes run through it. So also always, yeah. if you can, obviously not everyone can try and speak to a physio or someone who sort of seems to know a bit more about it. And I guess I guess speaking on sort of the injury side of things, Moving more on to overall injury prevention, I think a good place to start is probably warm-ups. Um, if you still want to reel off what you do pre-run, pre-session, what you sort of feel obviously helps sort of that injury prevention.
0: Yeah, so I, I need to kind of find the, uh, the technological terms for my drills. Because I can't describe them as just a 15 minutes slash two miles of running. Like, oh, Yeah, I do like 15 minutes of running or two miles, whatever pace that is. Like, it's not bothered about pace. I always start off very slow on a warm up because by the end, you might be like six thirty 30 in your warm up and, and it feels like seven, tenths, you know, you're feeling really good. There's no point going out on your first mile, probably a little bit too hard on your warm up and, and like struggling. And then sort of straight back. Uh, like at the minute, we've at Loughborough, we've got the high pack, which is like an indoor hundred meter stretch, and it's got like a gym and all that sort of stuff. So what I'll do, is leave there, do two miles or fifteen minutes of jogging, then back into there for the drills before the track session. And um, and one of the things that I open up with at the start is uh, like a skit, um, which is you know the sort of drill. I'm not sure if many. Yeah, we back. Cool. Um, yeah. So fifteen minutes of running slash two miles, back into the high pack, strills, um, strills, Strills. well actually, you know what, it is strills because it's strides and then it's drills, but it's actually drills and then strides, um, so I lied, um, but yeah, so really it's like A skits, B skits, all the classic sort of running warm-ups and then just some stretching, I'll, I'll try and hopefully soon I'll get someone to film a full session, uh, which is, which being like warm-up uh, drill strides and the session and then i can actually sort of show you what a session looks looks like from from start to finish sort of thing because uh, it's quite tough to explain on the podcast
1: yeah i i always think about that i was obviously speaking to uh, josh the guy who writes our articles and i was trying to explain drills to him and it's actually hard to explain what you've got to do if you don't already just naturally do it um yeah but yeah, A skips, B skips, B skips definitely important drills. Um, high knees, uh, like lunge. I do lunges now. Um, yeah. And sort of one where you you hold your knee, pull it up to your chest, and like push up on your toes. And then also I stay, yeah. I stay balanced and then pull the same leg behind and sort of into like a holding butt kick. I'm not sure what it's called, like a quad stretch. Um, I don't know what his name is. Yeah, we'll probably have to film a drills video uh, to because I don't have a clue what any of these names are. But yeah, just make well, sure. Hold
0: you... on. This just sounds like the perfect Bertie Bob on a podcast.
1: We, he doesn't have any time. He's he's, he's a busy right. man. I, I, we've, maybe we can he's get him a on a podcast. Man. We can, might be able to get him a podcast. But we're speaking to him, and he's, he's ve- he works forty-five hour weeks, and then has to do runs, and also obviously in Suram stuff so, so we'd love to get him on the podcast though that would be huge birthday bob oh man
0: what a legend I didn't realize um, yeah, hero
1: and then i guess other than drills i sort of go through some strides uh, i use the ferro band to do the crab walks and also the glute uh, openings um and then if i'm not doing a session i also do where you lay on your back and you hold one leg while the other leg's flat on the floor, you bring the leg yep. up and then you sort of flex your toe at the top. Uh, do that 15 times on each. Again, Jake Robertson's got a video on that, so we can probably share that. Um, that's just really good in open up like your hamstring into your calf, um, which again, loosens, everything stops you from running a bit tighter and obviously prevents somewhat, uh, somewhat prevents some injuries. Uh, I haven't got injured, and neither of us really get injured obviously you had the the thing but like I haven't been injured in like over two years now I think and I feel like it's yeah. just I don't do anything extreme like I I'm I, to be honest I need to stretch and muscle roll a lot more but yeah. just being sensible running on grass instead of road doing these drills wearing the right shoes which again is hoker for me um, can be different for everyone um, just it's just a little bit of everything really isn't it like diet make sure you're having enough calcium and having enough protein and stuff like that uh yeah Sleeps sleep's very important again making sure you have at least eight hours a night is probably one of the biggest things as well i'm trying to think of anything else to do what sort of you know what was the reason why i don't get injured but i can't think of anything just don't go over the top if you if you'd sprint in or do yeah make, make, strength
0: Certainly making sure yeah making sure that your diet's um diet's good um is is a huge one uh i know that there's like you know everyone has different dietary requirements some people are vegan some people are vegetarian i'm not um at all and because i think with my training like i don't i I mean a lot of people say you can get like the same sort of nutritional benefits if you were a vegan or vegetarian etc but like i don't know i'd have to read into that a little bit more but for the meantime i am neither of those things and i have quite a lot of uh sort of red meat because genuinely just in terms of like iron uh all that sort of stuff um i just kind of i need to keep uh uh, keep those levels up otherwise i feel like i'm going to get injured Uh, and i think without a diet like that i'd probably struggle uh it would be interesting again to have a a podcast with an athlete who is uh plant-based i.e nick Horger, roy Linkletter um that is something i'm definitely going to try and sort talk about the advantages and disadvantages of it
1: so i'm not sure if he's listening to this but i used to train with someone who went plant-based um
0: oh yeah
1: um and so i've been put off every single plant-based person on this planet based off how this person was um i hope he's listening to this shout out if you're listening to this he podcast. puts some
0: harrowing things on instagram
1: he does he does He's, he's an extreme vegan uh to be honest i can't knock him but you know some of the stuff he does put on instagram i wish i didn't you know wish I did not have to see it but i guess that's the point if the, from a vegan's perspective um yeah but yeah he, i don't think he's been injured i think he strength wise i think he started to struggle because he, he used to be really good at hills and then he started to get dropped on the hill sessions but i'm not sure if that was when he was transitioning over to veganism so I, I, yeah I don't really know I don't really have enough information on it to be able to speak on it um some people love it some people really hate it I don't think I could do it but again can't knock can't knock anyone if they are doing it um works for some people I guess but I have meat probably once a day yeah. at least at least once a day so I don't know <laughs> fish every day is fish does fish class as a as a can you have be a vegetarian or a fish? Or is that pescatarian? Pescatarian. Is that right?
0: Yeah. For the for the injuries podcast right now, I think we're probably gonna probably gonna finish this and uh I'm gonna have the fun the fun of editing it and getting it all together for you guys. And um, so yeah, that that's that's personal experience injuries. Uh hopefully expect some uh, I mean I've, I've just texted a, a big name uh, to try and get on the on the podcast for very soon so I, I expect that and, and we've got some other stuff in the pipeline too so hopefully you've enjoyed this one and if anyone actually listens to like the, the right at the back end of our podcast fair play, thank you and hi and then also goodbye because that's the end of the podcast
1: yeah and also give us a 5 star on Apple Podcast. thank you thank you bye